Welcome back to episode two of the Locked On MLB Mock Draft Spectacular. I'm Lindsey Crosby, host of Locked On MLB Prospects. He's Jeff Ellis, host of Locked On Guardians. We are alternating picks in the MLB draft. Kind of fill you in, make sure you understand the guidelines here. Uh, I am picking odds. Jeff is picking evens. We are picking as if we are this team. So, um, you know, if you are the Padres, you are taking a prep player. Uh, if you know, like we, we are following the rules as far as we know that these teams like to do. Um, we have teased the people, we have teased the Guardians fans yesterday because they picked first here, uh, and or they picked 16th, but we stopped at 15 yesterday. So, without further ado, Jeff, who are the Guardians taking? So, the Guardians last year took what 18, no, 19 out of 21 pitchers, like they mm-hmm. were almost as bad as the Angels. Uh, and they only took two prep talents. It was all college. And I think people have taken the wrong lesson from that. I don't necessarily think that they're uh, heavy on pitching. I think it's they leaned into the strength of the draft. Right. It's a very analytical team. It's a team that follows models. And I think one of the things that they have learned the past few years is the draft is easier because we have more advanced data. And the more chances you've had to scout guys and the more data they've accumulated through years of college, the easier it is to know if a player is going to be uh, successful or not. The guardians also know what programs aren't good at development. Like they intentionally target players. The Royals. Going, yes. The Royals, <laughs> but in college too, like, you know, okay, it's like college, okay, going okay. and adding uh, you know, I don't want to say programs are bad. You can see though last year, they took three pitchers from the same college because they know that college, those pitchers didn't develop at all in three years. Yeah. And then they work on mechanical changes and there's other places that do a good job with development, but it's like Rodney Boone, is throwing 97 right now. Like who would have guessed that Trent, Trent Denholm added four or five miles an hour. Like they know where they can go. And, you know, as my co-host, I guess I should bring him up, uh, likes to chime in. We always say cats and babies get us YouTube views. So as I go through and I look at like, who is here, who makes sense? You're probably call me crazy. I think it might be a college bat. And okay. I'm going to throw a name in here that like is not the traditional one, but they have had some success with, you know, this was a team that was at the forefront of of age models. Two years ago, they mined the Cape heavily. Uh, They used, they, you know, I recently on the show had Hunter Gaddis. Hunter Gaddis had a fantastic Cape and had kind of a mediocre junior year. Let's just be honest. It was a disappointing one for a player of his stature uh, because he was playing at a conference. He was, Uh, He has been awesome this year. Like they can kind of see beyond that. They kind of think if you can hit in the wood bat league, we can figure things out. Chase DeLotter was viewed as a top five prospect in the uh, fall, almost universally. Mm -hmm. He's going to be 20 for a long time yet. He's one of the youngest juniors in this class. He excelled in the Cape. Uh, He was pretty good outside of the weekend against Florida state and that Florida state weekend, you're facing two of the most advanced left-handed pitchers just in college baseball to kind of judge a left-handed ba- Bryce Hubbard, yeah. yeah. To judge a left-handed batter because he played poorly against them is like dumb. Like, how many left-handed guys played poorly against top left-handed pitching in general? Like, you're top you're left-handed kind of... pitching who was really funky. Like, they're yeah. not traditional no. lefties. They're... Not at all. I watched them both in person over the weekend. Yeah, they're they're funky guys. So it's like we're gonna lefties always have problems on lefties. Like, how many guys come? It takes a few years in the big leagues before they're everyday players. Even if Chase Delauer is a platoon guy the louder uh 
I, there's there's five tool potential. It's a team who uses the cape as a heavy scouting guy who has a lot of data, uh, who likes to take talent that's on the decline. You know, much like I talked about the Nationals, they'll take a guy who had a higher um, draft value before the season began. You can go look at a few years ago when they took like Tanner Burns, who didn't necessarily have the top. Uh, I believe that was junior year that year for his draft. Now was the short in 2020, but like he had had some concerns and questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan Allen was a guy who like had seen a little bit of his steam falling off. I talked about Hunter Gaddis is a similar one. They can kind of go out and you know they, they collect so much data that if they see something there again, he fits the age relative model. He's hit with wood bat successfully. Uh, and there's athletic traits and tools. So I'm going to go off board, you know, and he's not going to turn 21 until um, October. So just very young. The concern is health. And of course the, the level of competition, the guardians have also drafted several players out of James Madison over the years. Um, DJ Brown. And I want to say Jacob Lee are both a pair of pitchers who nearly got to the big leagues from uh, that program. So they actually have had a recent history there as well. There you go. I like the pick. I mean, it's, it's, it's something where, he was considered to be, like you said, top five going into the year. Uh, did not perform up to expectations, but I think that this is a good value pick here. I think this is good to, you know, he's probably, was he probably the a top five talent in the draft? Not necessarily. Is he as bad as where he's projected to be at the end of the first round? I don't think he is. I think this is probably closer to his true value. I like this. And I think this might save them a little bit of money. I think they might be able to save that full 25% as well. Yeah. Which... I think also matters. We'll definitely help you. Uh, 17, Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, the baseball draft is different from other sports like basketball and NFL because it's really hard to draft for need. Um, it takes these guys so long, for the most part, to get through the minor leagues and get to the big league team that your team looks completely different than it did when you drafted them. So they always say, don't draft for need in the MLB draft. I'm going to make an exception here. The Philadelphia Phillies are drafting center fielder Drew Gilbert from Tennessee. Uh, Very good batted ball data. Matches what they like is the guys with the power. Uh, But uh, I think he he can stick in center field. I've seen him play now a couple times this season. Uh, I think he can stick in center field. So very good hit tool. uh, Very good batted ball data. Uh, He can stick in center field. Good arm. Good runner. Um, They've been trying to fill center field for years and haven't done it. And so I think Drew Gilbert's going to be the guy. I personally love that. Uh, I'm, I'm a high man on, on, on Drew Gilbert in a lot of places. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, I think he's the best of the Tennessee outfielders. To give you a hot take in terms of the draft. I think he's just a safer prospect. Yep. You're, um, I think you're right. I'm, you know, I'm totally, and he's one of those guys, advanced models also like a lot of the things he does stand out. The Cincinnati Reds. So the Reds last year just kind of were, is it fair to say passive? Like I liked their draft, but they were another team that kind of just saw what was left on the board and then jumped. And I think if you're looking at what's left on the board, you know, I know I just <sighs> dinged him in the first episode, but I think, you know, Drew Susack is probably like a, what is he still doing there? Like a lot of places have him as a top 10 prospect and he's still sitting there at 18. So I think when he's still sitting there, much like, you know, and, Matt McLean had injury issues, kind of like DeLauder, who I, you know, talked about the first pick. So that explained mm-hmm. why he slid. You know, Susack is a draft eligible sophomore who, you know, I explained why he could slide. But I think, again, this is a team that jumps on what's left. He stands out for what's left, I think, in terms of at least name value at this point in the draft. Yeah. I mean, it's something where um, I think he's the, 
That's like the better of the two catchers. I I do think that he probably has a better chance of sticking at catcher than Parada does. Um, and yeah, I do like the the analysis of they like the names and they're going to see the name falling and they're going to jump all over that. I I think that's very accurate. Um, I like that. So I actually in funny story for number nineteen here. I actually in my one of my early kind of big boards I was filling out. I had Cole Young going to the A's because it kind of fits the model of what they've done. And you t- obviously you 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 took him at fourteen to the Mets. You gave him to the Mets. So I'm gonna kind of. Um, I also know that they've gone college pitcher recently. Um, you know they've they've done that pretty consistently. But I think I I I see them as needing. They've traded away so many pieces. Um. And they they need to reload on some of those pieces. So I think I have them taking a prep pitcher uh, in in Brandon Barrera from IMG, the lefty. Um, I know that the Reds were looking at him. I think he's one who you're going to have to pay him. You're going to have to give him the money. Um, I think that if Oakland genuinely wants talent in this system they've traded for a bunch of prospects a bunch of higher level guys but they've got some space for lower level guys i think barrera is probably the pick here no he's you know he's one of those interesting guys the other guys i kind of had my you know on my radar was jet williams there Mm -hmm. because i feel like you know max muncie wasn't the biggest guy either so i know that that they don't uh necessarily they're not they've never been size kings uh when it comes to the draft you know they're they are not uh drayton uh dayton moore over there i always want to call him drayton I don't know why I want to call him yeah. Drayton, but oh yeah. Before you get to the Braves pick, though, I just realized before you get to the Braves pick, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile. It's the original online jeweler. Uh, you can celebrate all of life's special moments, creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you would not find at a traditional jeweler. Whether you're ready to pop the question or celebrating a milestone moment, you can get jewelry as unique as her. With the modern convenience of online shopping at bluenow.com. And if you don't know what you want, well, they've got shoppers. You can you can call, you can chat, you can tell them uh, your, your budget, information about the person, what they like. They will give you help. They will give you advice. They will steer you away. If you know that like you want to build the engagement ring of her dreams. They have online tools. You can choose the shape, the size, the clarity, the setting style. And then the bench jewelers at Blue Nile will make that one-of-a-kind ring for you. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on sports listeners get $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. Uh, this does include engagement rings. Use code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, Every order is insured, it ships free, and it arrives in discreet packaging that will not give away what is inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Okay, so you're picking for the Braves, Jeff. Uh, I don't know. This one was like very easy for me, <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I'm probably going to butcher the name. Connor Prelip of, of Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he's one of those guys, and I talked about this um, on my podcast as i was talking about rankings that like you know if jet williams was six foot one he would probably be in the discussion for the top five picks if connor prelip was healthy he'd be in discussion for the top overall pick in this draft he we've had what like eight innings but he's been electric when there's been that opportunity to see him pitch 
Uh, he misses bats. He's a lefty. We've seen them take uh, Jared Schuster and Ryan Cusick, who can miss bats in recent drafts. They've been a college-heavy team. In their, and for all of you know their success, they still have a pretty solid minors overall. So as I look at them, it's like they can gamble here. They can take that pitcher who... Uh, you know, it becomes the first college pitcher off the board at 20, which is one of the latest I can ever recall. But I think the ceiling for him and he fits what, you know, he fits what they do and he just fits their overall approach. And I think at this, or I'm sorry, no, he's not. You already had Gabriel. You no, Yeah. I had, yeah. You, he was you, 13. Yeah. He was 13. But he's the second one off the board. We've had two college pitchers in the top 20. That is for it's me. Wild. Unheard of. Yeah. And yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, I think about what they have in place and they've kind of, you know, we'll see what the these younger pitchers can do like Schuster and Cusack, but, or Cusick. But yeah, I think he's just the, to me, I, I still think he's the top uh, pitcher in this class. So I'll be curious to see uh, where he goes and like, he's healthy. Like once you draft him, he should be able to pitch this year. So he's oh, going to he, be one of those guys at he the threw combine. A he threw a bullpen the day before the SEC tournament. And he looked, okay. the slider looked fine. And so I, it's something where he had the injury far enough out where you're you're probably not going to put him in short season this year. But like next year, he's fine. Yeah. So like he might spend it in instructs in and just get some coaching up this year, but he's going to be available for a team to coach up. Yep. All right. So 21 to the Mariners, um, a team that seems to fit that designation of teams that, uh, Use the models like the 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 model guys, um, like that college demographic. Somebody who I genuinely had to look a couple times to make sure we had not already taken him because I'm surprised he's here. Zach Neto, the shortstop from Campbell. The models like him. Uh, he's he Campbell different global competition. Went to the Cape Cod League. Kind of sneaky power for his size. I think versatility wise, uh, for defense can fit a couple different places. Um, kind of fits around this back half of the of the draft somewhere, but I think Zach Neto's a good pick here for twenty one to the Mariners. No, he's uh, you know he's often gets mocked to the Guardians. So and yeah, he's another one of those Cape performers. So he definitely kind of stands out. Uh, the Cardinals here, you know, they have gone. They've been kind of similar to the Guardians. They've done a lot of age based models. Uh, they've gone for a lot of ceiling too with some recent picks. They mixed in Michael McGreevy last year, who was a little bit against some of that ceiling stuff, but going for like, you know, Jordan Walker was the power hitting age model type. And just looking at my personal board, looking at some rankings, you know, I, I'm going to go with Jet Williams, who I keep mentioning here. Um, athletic traits, you know, I, I don't think he's necessarily uh, an age model. No, he's not uh, an age model type of player, but there's a lot of good traits. And like, it comes down to health. There have been a few minor injuries, uh, dings at points, and it comes down to height. Five foot eight is going to scare people off. But we have seen an advancement through the past few years. And again, if he's a six foot shortstop, if he's even a five eleven short, and this is a he's team that 10. did, yeah, he's top ten for sure. So, and this is a team that uh, invested in Mason Win in the second round, and that has paid off for them. So, I don't think they're necessarily going to be scared off by size. And I mean, it's a team that still, honestly at the big league level has been looking for shortstops. Now, again, you draft the jet Williams. He's not getting there for four years, but uh, you could never have enough shortstops in your system. Absolutely agree. I think this is a good pick for them um, simply because it's one of those, like you said, he falls a little bit because of the measurables, but talent wise, he deserves to be up, up a little bit higher. Um, 23 for the blue Jays. This is a team 
just kind of from, from what I feel like, it's like high school bats and college arms is like, this is the thing. For, and the bloodlines. And the bloodlines. Blood they like the bloodlines, which, you know, we've already taken a holiday. We've already taken a Jones, a Crawford. A lot of these guys are gone. I'm not going to do a, a more. I'm not putting more here. Um, that's not the kind of about bloodline I'm talking about. So I'm going to go with that college arm thing. Kind of surprised that he's still here, but dude that is an, they're an analytical team. They're a model team as well. A dude that just like blows up the, the analytics when it comes to his numbers. I watched him pitch a little bit today. Connor Yerpy from Oregon state. Fun, fun note. I've been saying his name wrong all spring. I've been saying Herpe. I was trying way too hard. It's Cooper Yerpy, but Cooper Yerpy lefty for Ohio uh, for Oregon State going twenty three to the Blue Jays. Yeah, no, he's 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 interesting. From the um, he's going to cause big debates because being a bit of a cross body thrower, there are going to be teams who just think, yep. okay, he's only a reliever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I've had people on my Twitter being like, he's a top ten pick, he's a top fifteen pick. I'm like. You have to understand there are teams who are not going to even consider him a first rounder. So it's interesting to see where he goes. Like I can't even see him going to St. Louis. I think they're a team that doesn't have as big of an issue with that, but he is, he's going to be a divisive player. Uh, Speaking of divisiveness, we have Boston and Boston, you know, Nick York, we all made fun of, and that's worked out. Uh, Marcello Mayer was not made fun of. That was clearly the guy there. Uh, splitting the difference maybe henry bolt outfielder from palo alto california who's been one of the biggest helium guys this spring big athletic and we talk about that elite six his athleticism is right there with you know those players with the jet williams with all the high-end prep guys like he might be athletically as good as green and jones he is Mm -hmm. one of the hottest names right now when you talk to people it is funny because it's always like okay so what have you heard on bolt like, I get that. It's one of the top three questions I get because he is that helium player. Yeah. Uh, but with Boston, kind of liking guys a little under the radar and also going for, like, up the middle ceiling. Uh, the one knock, I would say, is when you look at, like, Mayer and York, those are guys who are really good in terms of swing and approach, and that's not mm-hmm. necessarily Bolt. Bolt is high risk. Yeah. Uh, he could – I mean, he could be in play for Colorado. Like, you know, he could be anywhere on this board. So I'm putting him here, but just know that when we're talking in a month, we might be talking about him as like a top 10 pick. Things, things will change. Uh, that's like the only, the, the only thing that's constant is things will change. Um, I like that climb. I like that, that, you know, they've got the space to do something like that. Uh, the Yankees at 25, this one's tough. So the one hand, like there's, to me, there's a couple different options here. So Jordan Beck is still on the board. Outfooter from Tennessee. Um, I don't necessarily know if he's going to be the guy. The Yankees are really big on analytics. Um, some of the analytics I've seen don't Leslie love Beck. Um, I think the maximum troll selection is Kumar Rocker right here. Just one of those like the Mets could like the Mets didn't sign him, so the Yankees draft him and sign him. I think that wouldn't be, be a bad value though. Wouldn't Would be not a be a bad value, value at all. Uh, but I think be, um, because they've been so analytical and. They, this is kind of the type for the Yankees now. They have the tallest outfield um, in baseball when everybody's healthy. Spencer Jones from Vanderbilt. He's come off the Tommy John. Uh, things have kind of clicked for him. He's got really good exit velos, covers the zone really well. Um, 
above average runner, can play all three spots. Um, and again, he's also like six foot seven, and he just kind of fits in. The Yankees understand what to do with that physical profile. It's not something you see every day. They understand what to do with that. They understand how to make him fit. I'd like Spencer Jones to the Yankees. Probably not going to be what actually happens, but just the pick that I like. I liked him as a left-handed pitcher out of high school. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> all the way as a left-handed pitcher out of high school. Uh, so the Chicago White Sox are on deck. Chicago White Sox are a team that allowed me to make my name as a draft analyst. So if you're not familiar with the story, two years in a row, my way too early mock draft correctly predicted who the Chicago White Sox would take when they were picking the top five. I got Madrigal and I got Vaughn correctly picked nice. to them. Uh, and then, so I, you know, I, they, and they also drafted very similar to my board. They had been the college team until last year. And then last year they, they went back to back prep players with Colson Montgomery and Wes Kath. I think the prep hitter to watch this year with that pick is Tucker Toman, the third baseman from South Carolina, whose dad was a, a longtime uh, college coach. Who's also like a really good athlete. I was over pulling up like his, uh, his perfect game data where it's like exit velocity was 97th in the class. His arm was 97th for uh, the position. You know, he's 60 yard dash was under, seven so it's not like necessarily great there it's still a solid number but he's a really good athlete but he's also the the you know your prototypical son of a coach knows how to hit knows how the zone good approach fits with that Colson montgomery west cast type but he's a little more athletic than them there's a chance that he could be you know a third baseman i think he's a shortstop right now could maybe project as an outfielder mm-hmm. um, i think he Corner. fits what they have kind of looked at the past few years and what they've actually uh, not last few years, I should say just specifically last year. And he's another riser. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a not helium, but he's, he is rising, you know, just kind of quickly. I, I do like the fit. Uh, It, this very much, if you could, uh, this feels like a Tony La Russa thing. Like he would be really appreciative of this pick because he likes the coach's son kind of character profile thing. Um, before we get into the Brewers pick, we've got Brewers, Astros, Rays, and Giants left real quick. Uh, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 from Athletic Greens uh, because I have celiac disease. And so I struggle with absorbing nutrients, can't eat gluten. Uh, and I needed, I was taking a bunch of supplements and different things like that to try to get all of the nutrition that I needed. Well, with AG1, one scoop, you get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods and probiotics. Um, it's lifestyle free. It's gluten-free for me, but it's dairy-free. It's vegan. It's paleo. It's keto, whatever thing you're on, they can take care of it. Um, but less than one gram of sugar, uh, no, no chemicals, no artificial anything. So it works out well for you. Um, so right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. One scoop in a cup of water at Every day, and that's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of their immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and your sports info. You can get the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including uh, the NBA Finals, the Hockey Finals, uh, Major League Baseball, obviously, uh, Fighting News, MMA, UFC, Boxing. You can get College World Series odds right now. So obviously, a lot of the guys we're talking about are still playing. 
BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, so 27 to the Brewers. Um, kind of some of the things that I've heard about, uh, the, I think the, the, the groupings that they would like is they like some of the pr- college outfielders and college pitchers that kind of that same developmental deal that you talked about earlier that uh, have some room to build a little bit still and grow. Um, I think they probably would have been the, the team to jump on Chase DeLauder if he was still here. He's gone, so I think I've got a guy like a Dylan Beavers from Cal. Uh, still some development to do, but um, massive exit velocities, t- like tons of bat-to-ball skills. A little streaky at the plate sometimes, but I think when everything clicks, if everything works, you can easily project him into something like a top 10 value. And so as long as they trust their development, they trust their analytical stuff, I think that they can see the upside of him and appreciate the value of getting him later in the draft. So outfielder Dylan um, Dylan Beavers of Cal, who should have gone to Oregon State and played for the Beavers, would have made a lot more sense. No, agreed. It would have made uh, more sense for him. So we move on uh, to Houston Astros, who uh, are choosing to forfeit this selection to just <laughs> kidding. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm sure there's gonna. This is gonna get at least one down vote for that joke. So Houston, the last two years without a high pick, has gone prep talent um, mm-hmm. with Alex Santos and then Tyler Whitaker. Both players that I, I mean, Whitaker in particular, was I thought was like a second round talent. Before that, they were definitely more of a college team. Like the Seth Beers, the Jeremy Peñas. Um, mm-hmm. 2019 was Corey Lee. So they could go anywhere. Um, I, I once, okay, so I had a theory that they overdraft players in the first round to inflate value to then make them better trade assets later. Because once a guy is a first rounder, they're always a first rounder. So that's kind of a... I think like Corey Lee was an overdraft. Seth Beer was one of those guys that was overdraft. overdrafted. And then they set him up to succeed. So they put him in a situation where his numbers would be good by putting him against lesser competition, which then made him a legit trade asset to Arizona. It's the same thing. Like you go look at the players in that Arizona deal in particular. They definitely seem to kind of manipulate the system to get a, to increase overall perceived value. Got If you want to increase overall perceived value, Kumar Rocker would make the most sense, right? Ooh, yeah. If you want to get a college player who you could put up against weaker competition and really excel and get people excited that, like, he's back, we got a top 10 pick at 28 and have someone who is a massive trade asset for next year or this offseason, which they could look to do, the quickest way to increase value on this pick here is to draft Kumar Rocker. And save a little bit of money. Because he's not going to want to be out for two years. Yes. He can't go and to college. If you are him, who, you know, he's, there's arguments about his development being a little stalled at Vandy and just about his overall health. If you're making a short list of the top teams in terms of pitcher development, it's, it's the Brewers, it's the Astros, it's the Guardians, it's the Rays, right? And those are the four that come to mind. So he might also consider it an advantageous position to go to one of the top developmental programs in general to continue to apply his trade. Yeah. I like the pick here. I'm glad he went off the board finally. I think probably in real life he'll go earlier than we had him, but I think this is something where obviously we're, one, working off limited information. He's had one start. And then two, um, 
it just takes one team. It just takes yeah. one team to, to decide to go ahead and pull the trigger and jump on it. Uh, so the Rays at 29. 